Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nightfit Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Knight, owner and founder of Nightfit LLC, a company whose mission is to help as many men and women reach their fitness potential as possible. On this podcast, we chat about all things health and fitness in hopes of providing you with all the latest research. So with that, let's get into today's topic. Today, we'll be talking about sleep. This is something that I personally am so passionate about because I, for the past, I would say two years now, have struggled with a bit of insomnia. Um, It really just comes and goes. And honestly, I have weeks that are kind of bad, but then months that are amazing. And truly, it's mostly just a mental thing for me. I get in my head about sleep. Sounds weird, but for those of you out there that get it, you get it. But today, I really just wanted to dive into sleep and how important is it really? How much do we need? It's been long debated. There are people who say, you only need five hours. I only get five hours. I feel great. Then we have people over on the other side saying, no, no, no. You need at least eight hours to actually have a healthy body. I'm here to dig into the science, give you the facts, and just hopefully provide you some information. So to kick it off, sleep regulates so many different functions in the body, including your immunity, your metabolic function, your endocrine or hormonal function, your cognition, your thermal regulation, waste clearance in the brain, your organ health, your muscle health, your long-term health. Sleep, it's pretty pretty important, you guys, and I'm not going to sugarcoat that. According to sleephealth.org, sleep is one of the three pillars of health, and that includes also nutrition and movement. So when we think of it that way, sleep is critical if we're thinking of long-term health and also living a long life. Let's start with the first topic, sleep and your immune system. Studies indicate that support for both types of immune function is among the health benefits of sleep. During your nightly sleep cycle, your immune system activity increases. More cytokines, small proteins crucial in controlling your immunized system cells activity are produced, causing mild inflammation that powers wound repair and assists with innate immunity. When you're not sick or recovering from an injury, this immune activity may bolster your adaptive immunity as well. Much of your immune system's learning likely takes place while you slumber. Experts are currently examining the reasons for this phenomenon, but believe it may have to do with decreased demands on your body. So basically, while you're sleeping, your body's allowed to focus on your immune system. And without that sleep time, your immune system isn't able to recharge. We can think of sleep as the battery charger for your immune system. If we can't charge up the immune system, it won't function and be able to fight off that sickness and illness that we may come into contact with each day, making you that much more prone to becoming ill. 
Now I want to talk about sleep and your body weight. Are they correlated? According to the National Library of Medicine, findings support the role of sleep and lipid metabolism or fat metabolism and overall longevity. Glucose and fat are more controlled as well as regulated if you get the appropriate amount of sleep. Sleep score labs found that taken together, sleep losses impact or not sleeping enough on glucose metabolism or sugar may promote the development of obesity, diabetes, and other endocrine or hormonal conditions, further reducing your quality of life and negatively impacting longevity. So taking a step back, when you don't sleep enough, glucose is not properly metabolized in your body. It's not properly used for energy and instead is often stored as fat, raises your blood sugar levels, which thus promotes conditions such as diabetes, weight gain or obesity, as well as hormonal problems. So we need to sleep to control our sugar. We all love sugar. It's in so many different things that we eat. If we want to control it properly in our body, sleep is the answer, as well as obviously controlling how much sugar you consume. Sleep has also been linked to your metabolism. Leptin and ghrelin regulate your hunger. Leptin is the hormone that causes satiety and fullness, and ghrelin is what causes hunger. Lab studies have clearly shown that sleep deprivation can alter the glucose metabolism and those two vital hormones involved in regulating your metabolism. There have been studies that show, based on the National Library of Medicine, that when you don't sleep enough, we see decreased leptin levels or decreased satiety hormone and increased ghrelin levels or more hunger hormones. So if we want to control our metabolism and our overall hunger, we need to get the appropriate amount of sleep. Because when we don't, we become unnaturally more hungry because our body probably needs more energy and it turns into an absolutely crazy hunger. And also our cravings tend to be a bit different. This same study found that we tend to crave saltier and fattier foods. So we can see that over time, if you're sleep deprived, because of that glucose not being properly regulated and stored in the body, and because of sleep deprivation's effects on our hormones and metabolism, that weight gain is very common if you're quite sleep deprived. Thinking of how sleep affects different organs, such as how it affects our stomach, as we just discussed, and that hunger, a lack of sleep can also affect your heart. The American College of Cardiology found that the many benefits that come with sleep, such as stress regulation, energy levels being higher, overall brain and cognitive function being better, those positive impacts can have a positive impact on your heart health. The American College of Cardiology also found 
that all cause cardiovascular mortality was lowered when you get proper sleep. So if you want to live a long life with a long, healthy heart, you should put sleep in one of your top priorities. Now I'd love to talk about something that I think many of us could take, take advantage of. Sleep has been shown to lead to success at work. How is that, you ask? How is that possible, M? I grind all day. I work really late at night. I get three hours to four hours of sleep, and I have a great career. Well, is that sustainable is the first question I would ask you. But then I'll point to the science. According to the Entrepreneur Organization of Minnesota, sleep dramatically impacts your professional career because it impacts these characteristics. Your ability to be a problem solver, your drive to be results oriented, your ability to seek different perspectives, and your desire to support others. When sleep is lacking, those four characteristics also tend to suffer. And on top of that, proper sleep heightens your cognitive function and your reaction time, which both lead to more success in the work environment. So if you're someone that's going to work well-energized and well-slept with a brain that has been cleaned and processed overnight, you're more likely to be problem-solving, to be results-oriented, to seek different perspectives, as well as just desire to support others, which makes you a better employee, boss, manager, just a better worker. As well as having a higher cognitive function and reaction time, yeah, I think it's a given. Sleep is very necessary. In that same bucket of brain power and brain function, let's talk a little bit about dementia. Because while we might not worry about it, in our 20s or 30s, we just might be thinking about it a bit more if we're in our 40s or 50s. Sleep Score Labs published a study that showed that there is an increased risk of dementia for those sleeping less than six hours a night during midlife. In particular, persistent short sleep duration at 50, 60, and 70 compared to persistent normal sleep duration was associated with a 30% increased dementia risk, independent of other potentially driving factors. So these findings suggest that short sleep duration in midlife is associated with an increased risk of late onset dementia. And while you might not be super worried about it now, if you have a relative like myself with dementia, it's really hard to wrap your mind around. And if you're in control of your sleep, you might as well start getting more now. The last piece I wanna talk about is waste management in your brain while you're sleeping. There is a process that occurs and it's quite scientific, so I won't break it down, but essentially toxins are cleansed from your brain while you sleep, which allows for proper memory storage, better reaction time, better mental health, as well as just being more on point, if you will. If this process is unable to occur due to a lack of sleep, we see you become that much more susceptible to one, dementia, but
but also to many other brain diseases. If memories aren't properly stored as well or sorted in your brain in that same type of waste management sorting system, you're unable to properly remember things. You might also be more prone to anxiety. Think of those nights where you wake up and you did not sleep well and all of the events of the prior day are still at the forefront of your mind. Anxiety is so real. And so if you're unable to get that sleep to sort and cleanse your brain, you wake up in a foggy, unhappy headspace. And this is so true and important for long-term brain health. If you're unable to cleanse your brain, your brain health overall begins to suffer. And we see this happening all the time, especially in those who never prioritize sleep. Now I'd like to talk a bit about sleep and muscle building. If you're someone like me who loves the gains, this will be a key part of this conversation. The National Library of Medicine found that sleep and muscle strength are correlated. Sleep deprivation is associated with two outcomes according to this website. Increases in the secretion of catabolic hormones. So we see an increase in hormones like cortisol or what we like to think of as the stress hormone as well as a decreased secretion of anabolic hormones or hormones such as testosterone or insulin-like growth factor. Anabolic hormones promote muscle growth and muscle repair. And so thinking of that, overall sleep duration is linked to overall muscle health due to an increase in cortisol or those catabolic hormones that break muscle down and a decrease in anabolic hormones like testosterone, which cause muscle repair. So if you're getting the appropriate amount of sleep and those hormones are regulated properly, you're more likely to have muscle gains, muscle growth, muscle maintenance. And if not, the opposite is true. Frontiers in Psychiatry noted that sleep is regulated by neuroendocrine signals and associated with the optimal production of hormones. So sleep equals optimal hormones, including growth hormone, insulin-like growth factor, and catabolic hormones, such as cortisol. Sleep deprivation and restriction affect endocrine secretion, or those hormones being released in the body. And it causes, as I mentioned, that increase in cortisol and that decrease and the, one, and the hormones we truly want for muscle growth, like testosterone and growth hormones. So if you're looking to make those muscle gains and you wanna control the hormones that lead to muscle gains, sleep is a prerequisite to success. Without it, you can't rely on your natural body's hormone function to help you succeed. And that is a true way to lose gains, but also just to set yourself up to fail. All that hard work you're putting in in the gym, if you want it to pay off, you have to sleep. Muscle also is what controls our metabolism. So if you're not sleeping enough, your hormones are off, your muscle is suffering, so will your metabolism. And thus your body composition and fat storage 
And we know how that goes. It's a downward spiral. Now I want to talk a little bit about sleep and aging because as I looked into the research on this, I found it absolutely fascinating. Basically, based on a study on sleep score labs, aging might actually be a result of sleep quality going down over time as we age. So if you think of it that way, it might actually be a disease related to a lack of sleep as well as the other pillars of health, nutrition, and a lack of movement. So that leaves room for more research on sleep and aging. On Sleep Score Labs, they found that as we age, the quantity of sleep not only goes down, but so does the quality. And those deep sleep waves that we get when we're in a really good sleep cycle, that goes down as we age. And it's not that as we age, we need less sleep. That isn't actually the case. So while we're aging and getting less sleep, because our bodies naturally tend to produce less sleep, that aging and this sounds morbid, dying cycle is bound to happen, which leaves room for study. How can we improve sleep as we age in order to improve overall aging experience, especially for people who suffer with insomnia in later life. Just a topic I think could be quite fascinating to dig into. I also wanna touch on the other side of this spectrum. We've beaten a dead horse when it comes to if you sleep too little, it has negative effects. Thanks, M. But what about the people who sleep too much? Should we talk about them? Yeah, we should. The Plus One website found that it's not just too little sleep that can be harmful. Sleeping too much can be a sign of health problems too. In one study, sleeping for a long duration, which was characterized as more than 10 hours a night, was associated with psychiatric diseases and a higher BMI, but also other chronic medical conditions. Another study looking at 30,000 people, which is a lot, found that sleeping nine or more hours a night had an increased incidence of stroke up to 23%, And that sleeping nine or more hours a night with a 90-minute nap on the same day had an 85% increase in stroke risk. So we see that if you're someone who tends to sleep quite a lot, your risk of stroke might be a bit higher. But also with that, regularly needing excessive amounts of sleep, think 9, 10, 11 hours, might be a sign of some other sleep disorder such as sleep apnea or regular sleep disturbances during the night, insomnia. And it might be a good idea to go see a medical professional just to get to the bottom of what might be going on with your sleep. So now let's talk about what is ideal. We harped on all the negative effects of undersleeping. We talked about oversleeping and that it's typically linked to other conditions and isn't necessarily healthy either. What is the ideal sleep pattern? The National Institute of Health found that the optimal amount of time for sleeping tends to fall between seven to nine hours. And those who lived the longest had very strict sleep schedules, meaning they slept and woke at the same time pretty much every day. And on top of that, they retained optimal levels of slow wave deep sleep. So the time that they were sleeping was high quality sleep. 
So if you're someone who's looking to benefit from sleep and get the most out of it, shoot for that seven to nine hour window. And I've looked into this more specifically because seven to nine to me still seems broad. And most research points to the sweet spot between seven and a half to eight and a half. Now, I also want to touch on the fact that specific needs do vary from person to person. There are people we call short sleepers, which do tend to be a bit rarer, but they feel good anywhere from five to seven hours. Then we have people called long sleepers who typically need nine plus hours and don't have any underlying medical conditions. That's just when they feel best. It's good to really think about your history with sleep and what amount of sleep makes you feel best during the day. Think about your cognitive function, your energy, your reaction time, your physical feel. Think about all the factors that make you feel good and how much sleep you get when you feel your best in all those different areas. And that's a really good way to know what your optimal sleep time is. Once you know that, and it's likely that it falls between anywhere from six to nine hours, if you think of short and long sleepers included, what are some ways that we can improve our sleep? What are some tips? As someone who has struggled with insomnia, these are some things that have helped me. Also, our general tips from sleep specialists. Having a good sleep environment, so a cozy bed and a place you enjoy to sleep and somewhere that is welcoming to you is important. Keep the temperature low at night. In the 60s is the sweet spot for great sleep. You should not be sweating or warm. You should feel cool but comfortable under the covers. Have a healthy sleep routine. Romanticize it a bit. So in the hours before bed, put your pajamas on, do your face routine, maybe read a book, have some popcorn. Do the pattern that you love that helps you wind down and relax. And with that, make sure you are winding down and relaxing. If you're running in the door right before bed from some event, it might be hard for you to fall asleep right away due to all the processing in your brain and your energy levels. So make sure you give yourself some time to wind down, relax, and do your sleep routine before bed. That has made a huge difference in my ability to feel tired and to fall asleep when I do get in bed. Try to sleep in a darker room. Having some kind of light distraction while you're sleeping even has been shown to cause sleep disturbances. Try not to look at a phone or a screen about an hour before bed or a half hour because that blue light has been shown to affect your overall sleep duration and sleep quality even later on in the night. Make sure that you're not drinking caffeine right before bed, which seems obvious, but some people have a little bit of Diet Coke or something with dinner, and that can affect your sleep, especially if you're sensitive to caffeine. And then also avoid alcohol, which has been shown to be very, very bad for sleep in general, but just try not to have too much of it. It can make you tired initially and make you want to sleep, but then it causes disturbances later on. So it's best if you're trying to improve your sleep to avoid it. And then last tip is to get some morning sunlight. It helps with your circadian rhythm in the morning, as well as just helps you wind down later on in the evening due to that normal time period of feeling awake in the morning and then sleepy once the night approaches. And with that, as someone who has struggled with insomnia 
if you are still struggling with it or you're in a similar pattern of obsessing over sleep or worrying about sleep, reaching out for help um, with a specialist is a great idea. There's no shame in it. So many Americans and people all over the globe struggle with sleep. Even when it's you have plenty of time to sleep, it's still so common. So don't be afraid to reach out to a specialist because sleep is vital. It restores your body. It restores your mind. It's truly so incredible for you and your longevity and happiness. So with all that said, I think it's pretty obvious that sleep plays a crucial role in our gains, whether it's muscular, mental, all the gains that we want. And that sounds corny, but it's true. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I loved having you here, listening to me rant about sleep, something that I'm super passionate about. You can find me on social media, that being Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at night double underscore fit or my website nightfitfast.com and you can submit a consultation to train with me or I have awesome programs dropping January 1st for running, strength training, as well as a hybrid program. I loved having you here. Thanks for joining and stay tuned for the next episode. If you found this one helpful, please follow and rate. And yeah, anything that support my business, I am so thankful for. So go have a great day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I'll see you next time.